What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I'm your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is April 9th, 2022. It's a beautiful, kind of cold, kind of warm day in Brooklyn. I city biked a lot this morning. It's fantastic. Excited to start the spring off. We got lots of great uh, comedy shows and stuff coming up. And also, uh, we have a wonderful guest today. We have many, many wonderful guests lined up. Uh, our current guest today was recommended by last week's episode of Ricky Sim. Uh, p- everyone, please welcome improviser Patrick Keene. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah. Like I, like I mentioned to you before this, you are the, probably the first person who's going to come on this show who uh, does improv for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as a joke. Not as like a joke or like a yeah. or like a writing exercise. You're like, I'll do a class in or yeah. that. I know people who like started improv and then just mm-hmm. fully became stand-ups. Yeah. So. <laughs> selfish people. <laughs> so you you're you're pretty in the improv world, right? Do you yeah. were you what institutions are you part of right now in terms of improv? Or are you independent? Like what's kinda Right now, um, I'm a part of a theater called Squirrel Comedy Theater okay. with Squirrel. And um, yeah, we just started in, um, uh, I think our official launch date was, I'm going to say, December 2020. Nice. December 1st. December okay. 1st, that's a date. Um, I believe it was that. Maybe mm-hmm. it was announced a little before then. Um, yeah, so that's the only thing that I'm affiliated with in terms of theater um, but yeah, also independent, of course. Nice doing your own stuff. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're you're one of the founders of the Squirrel, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> nice to hear that. Are you guys like uh, one thing I was wondering about? Right, is uh, so like we all know UCB shut mm-hmm, down because mm-hmm. coronavirus, and there's no way to pay for their rent. <laughs> there's no <laughs> classes. So it, does the Squirrel have? Do you have your own facility, or do you have like? decentralized like locations for training it's very decentralized we kind of were trying to do a thing where we had a location Mm -hmm. and it actually seemed not um in our best interests yeah instead we're (laughs) sort of uh piecemealing it doing classes in all the classic sort of like rehearsal spaces around midtown Mm, yeah nice the cat got on me that's pickles oh Um, nice pickles (laughs) he's friendly (laughs) okay good (laughs) so Independent. How many how many teams are you a part of right now for improv? Just one? Oh, two? that's a good question. 11? I mean, yeah. No, I think in the before times it would have been like eleven. <laughs> now it's like one and a half. One and a half. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I think the improv uh scene, I mean, it's it's thriving in like parts of New York and in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's definitely I think has been a lot slower to come back than stand up for a lot of reasons, obvious right. reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one thing I w- I was wondering because I I've kind of talked to some people loosely, but mm-hmm. they don't really know. So like, I took uh, UCB one hundred and one mm-hmm. in Classic. fall twenty twenty. Oh. Or fall, fall 2019, sorry. So right before the pandemic, yes. I got like one UCB class in. Yeah. Pandemic starts, everything evaporates. <laughs> and for the next like year and a half, all these stand-ups are doing out. We're just doing rooftop shows. We're going out mm-hmm. doing comedy. And I the whole time, I'm like, what happened to improv? Like, isn't there... <laughs> these people have to be doing it somewhere, right? <laughs> I think uh, they were. They were doing it on Zoom. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was... Uh, Trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Mm. Uh, Zoom improv is not ideal at yeah. all, but <laughs> it's better than no improv. And I think 
people felt that way. So like I had a show, I had a show that was uh, in person in the before times. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my friend Fu Goto and I kept it going on Zoom mm-hmm. in the pandemic. So we had like a weekly show that we would do on Zoom. And it was more like just like a hangout thing, really. Yeah. But just to do the improv. Because yeah. I think a lot of improvisers, maybe like, I don't know. I don't really know how, what, what stand-ups think. <laughs> but I feel like... <laughs> That's okay. I feel like uh, improvisers, a lot of wanting to do improv is like, because it's actually an enjoyable like activity for them. <laughs> so they like, yeah. they want to do it. They need to do it to right. like sort of like let off steam or just like have fun. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of more like that in, during the pandemic was just like, let's get on a Zoom and... Okay. Fucking crazy. That makes sense. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, Stand ups yeah. the same way, but like darker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to get this off your chest, or you're yeah. gonna do something. Bad. It's like I'm doing this one because it's like fun, but being fun is like the fifth thing on my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's like number one is there's like this crippling darkness of mm-hmm, like you have mm-hmm, to make it or you mm-hmm. fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's there in improv, but I think it's uh, less than in stand up. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, Patrick, when was your first exposure to improv or, like, comedy in general? I mean, just as a kid, I guess, yeah. right? My first exposure to improv was probably the same as a lot of people's, which is uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, really? Right? Okay. Yeah, 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 classic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, seeing that. And then when I moved, I moved to New York in 2004 to come to college and was a really big fan of Amy Poehler at the time because she was mm-hmm. on SNL and just found out that she had a theater and that she was doing stuff there and just went and saw their show ASCAT, which is like the the famous UCB yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just was like so hooked on it uh, for one full year as a freshman at NYU. <laughs> <laughs> so you just went and saw the show for a year? You didn't yeah. do improv at that point? No, Whoa. I didn't do improv at that point. And then basically after that year, I probably saw improv like three more times until the year 2013. So then there's like a whole drop off for like almost a decade there. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was like, my first exposure, which is, I believe, mm-hmm. what you asked me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So you, you just spend a whole year going to the show all the time and mm-hmm. then just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. I always I talk about this maybe a lot to people, but I'm I didn't they obviously were offering classes and like had things for classes but mm. it, it never crossed my mind to be like oh I can do this too yeah. it was more just like these people are so funny and they're doing it and I really enjoy watching them okay interesting yeah. so yeah. what what was the point when you were like oh I can do this too what was the what kind of set that into motion so then okay so 2004 and then so 2005 I probably stopped watching it and then let's see 2013 so that's eight years Mm -hmm. so eight years of just like living my life in brooklyn and new york and um having absolutely no path in life just kind of bumming about Mm -hmm. and my roommate um took a class because she was in a similar kind of boat and she's very interested in comedy we both love comedy Mm -hmm. and she took the class and then was like oh you should definitely take a class and then she paid for my first class Whoa. at UCB. Yeah. Wow, that's so nice. Yeah, really <laughs> nice. I mean, I think at that time it was probably like three hundred fifty bucks for the class or something, oh, which is me. a huge amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> still huge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She really believed in me. So yeah. How was your first class? 
It was great. I had a teacher named Aubrey back. I don't okay. know if you know. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's on a great team called Grandma's Ashes, and just like the most wonderful, um, good vibes kind of person, which mm-hmm. I think is definitely what you want for that first experience with improv. Totally. And yeah, it was really great. We had a lot of really fun people in the class, um, and we were all friends and hung out. It was like basically exactly what exactly what like an improv loser would say (laughs) but like that's what it was it was like oh wow like i have like all these new friends and Mm -hmm. we're having so much fun together and our teacher's really fun and so funny so uh it was a great experience it was really amazing yeah Yeah. i like immediately signed up for the 201 oh yeah Yeah. dude i feel like when i took 101 that Uh was i had just moved to the city and that was Mm -hmm. similar experience where even like there are like three people from that class out of the 16 that I'm still like really good friends with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. You just go and you fuck around and then you have new friends <laughs> yeah. and you're learning a skill. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people sometimes are like, oh, you're paying for friends when you take improv classes. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, that's a good thing to pay for. <laughs> it's like a friend. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> like I've paid for a lot of stupider things than a friend. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to make friends as an adult. I was like, mm-hmm. So that was like, um, I don't know, five years after college or whatever it was, four years. Yeah. Um, and I had like a lot of friends post-college, but, you know, people move and uh, and just have different life paths. And so like after a while, it was like, oh, yeah, my friends have depleted. Mm-hmm. I have less friends and it's really just hard to make friends as an adult. And mm-hmm. it was really nice to just be like, oh, wow, here's some people like-minded interests and who are great and mm-hmm. now i have friends <laughs> it, it's so it, it it was like so quick it was yeah. stunning like, yeah, yeah 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 like i moved to the city for stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and i was like i'm not worried about making friends because i know once i do stand up enough i will <laughs> make friends will love me it, i mean it, it, <laughs> <laughs> the other dog should open micers like myself yeah. like <laughs> but it's like it took me probably like three months to make like stand-up friends in the yeah. city that were like mm-hmm. good friends improv it was like two weeks of class oh we got friends now (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah improvisers on the whole are a a very uh friendly group yeah which is really nice (laughs) can i ask who your teacher was uh i had dave murray okay yeah i know him yeah he was was dope he was great (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. great guy he was like i i i I should have reached out to him. <laughs> I should have reached out to him for the podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'll have him back sometime. You still can. I still yeah, can. You still can. But yeah, it was like, he he was like very cool. And like the Improv mm-hmm. 101, like I, I didn't make it further than that because mm-hmm. the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it was just nice because it's like very low stakes. And you like, I like just the little pieces where it's like, yeah. okay, we're going to work on this. So don't stress about these other things. Totally. Like. And it was like a very gradual thing, and he just made it like real fun. He had no problem stopping scenes and be like, "Why are you doing?" Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he's very no nonsense in a good way. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's nice to nip that in the bud. All those bad habits. (laughs) It's which is which is also an interesting thing. Like as a stand up taking improv, it was Mm -hmm. like so improv is like you play pretend, Mm -hmm. but there are rules. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) But they make sense, right? Yeah, totally. Obviously, the no but or like yes but Mm -hmm. or like shit like that it's like yeah we don't do that for a reason you know yeah fun but yeah there's like a lot of muscles come on let me let me me just do this with the the gun yeah don't be the gun yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of muscles that you have to build it's interesting i mean 
Yeah, people, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm coming in this so defensive, but people shit talk because you're stand-up. But, <laughs> yeah. but people shit talk improv classes a lot. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you could learn it on your own. I'm sure you could. But like, there are so many skills and little things that it's like, yeah, you do have to like train for it in a way. Totally. You can't just like go on your own and like develop the skills to do it. <laughs> Even though some of the skills are like inherent in all of us. Yeah. But it is like, oh, yeah, it makes so much sense that you have to, like, take classes mm-hmm. and, like, just kind of learn. Yeah, yeah I mean, train. Get, get in that space to practice mm-hmm. and with other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you need other people. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you're in your first improv experience in your 101 class, what were your, like, immediate strengths and what were things that you have challenges with or had <laughs> challenges with? That's a good question. I think uh, my um, – I think I'm a naturally funny person. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are naturally funny, but I think I'm I'm naturally funny, and uh, so I think I didn't have a problem being funny, um, but I think maybe I was very like most people in my head and thinking that I like should be clever to be funny, mm. and I think um, eventually what was pointed out to me and what I had to like move into was um, letting go of thinking your way through things and really diving into the acting side of it. Right, right. And like the emotional side of it mm-hmm. and just being able to be really physical. Mm-hmm. I think I got that note a lot of like not being physical enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a tough one. I would struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people struggle with it, which isn't to say I didn't have a problem, but like, yeah, that's a tough thing. Especially mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I did acting in high school a little bit and Mm -hmm. like before that even but i'm not an actor yeah and i think that's tough when you like come into it from that angle where you're like oh i have to like think about performance and i'm holding my body and all these kinds of things oh yeah that's gonna that would just stress me out when you say it like that (laughs) how am i holding my body holding my body yeah Oh my gosh! Well, that's I, I feel like what you're saying about like being clever to be funny that mm. that was a tough one too because it's like yeah. you're like don't go for the joke totally. Like, I, I know yeah. that's why we're all here, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally, absolutely. That's like the biggest thing, right? It's so easy to want to just be funny, mm-hmm. and it's so weird and improv that trying to be funny is kind of pretty destructive at times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you recover from a punchline in a scene? It's yeah. Like, Oh, so it, like, I it like makes sense. It's like if one person like t- like breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. and just like nails a killer punchline, that's like then we have to go back into it. Like, what is that? <laughs> the reality has been shattered. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like a mirror. You're not exactly. putting it back together. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So you you take one hundred and one. You immediately sign up for two hundred and one. Yeah. How does the vibe change? Um. It like yeah, it didn't. It got better. It got I don't better. know. Yeah, it was nice. better. There's like some people in my two hundred one that there's people in my one hundred one that I'm still really close with, mm-hmm. and then there was people in my two hundred one. A lot of people in my two hundred one that I'm really close with, and it was just more friends and good times. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing you went all the way through four hundred one. Yeah, like within a year. Within a year. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. really hit it hard. Oh yeah, it was like whenever one would end, it would be like a week or two later. You're doing the next one. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's like such a fast track. Oh uh, yeah. So during the the one hundred one to four hundred one time, did you form a team or a practice group with any of your friends? Yeah, I did after my three hundred one, which 
feel i don't know talking to other people i'm like i guess that was kind of late but maybe it's kind of average Mm -hmm. i don't know but um yeah i didn't start practicing with a group until 301 which i guess was only a few months into the entire experience (laughs) um but yeah we did it with uh people in our 301 Mm -hmm. classic got a coach started doing it and then that was a team that i was on for years like Mm. we really stuck together and there was you know a few changes lost some people along the way but um yeah that team was together for a really long time and just worked and did a million shows together whoa so what was the team name the team name was al theory al theory which is uh, i don't know if you're familiar with um the staircase which is like a true crime documentary Mm. i'm gonna forget all the details of it but anyway the (laughs) point is this man or this woman was found dead at the bottom of the stairs and the obvious thing is like that her husband did it but it seems like maybe it was an accident and anyway this like this if you watch it's called the staircase it's totally insane basically this is okay five million twists which are <laughs> crazy each one is crazier than the next the first like really crazy one is that like 17 years earlier there was another woman found at the bottom of the stairs with that man nearby so then you're like well of course he did it mm-hmm. right that's too crazy mm-hmm there's a million more twists where you're like, I don't know. I guess maybe he didn't do it. But they, at the time, our teacher, Anthony Tamanik, do you know him? Mm-hmm. He um, played Trump on a Comedy Central show Okay, for a while. <laughs> it, I forget what it was called. But he's an incredible improviser and was my 301 teacher. He was really obsessed with it. made us all watch it. Or we all chose to watch it. And... Um, <laughs> they were trying to get the man out of prison about the time that we were all in that class. And one of the theories that the uh, defense was using was that actually an owl had come in and attacked the woman, (laughs) fucked her up. (laughs) And then she tried to like go upstairs to get some help and fell down the stairs because of an owl. <laughs> Your classic improv team name. Wow. Classic way you get there. Um, yeah, we were called Alpha. That's that's a really deep, deep reference. Yeah, yeah, deep <laughs> reference, deep reference. Yeah. And uh I didn't I didn't realize that the staircase thing was a, a real case, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like you're describing it to me, I'm like, this sounds like a crazy like mockumentary. Oh uh, no. yeah, yeah. No, real? it's real. Whoa. It's real and it is so <laughs> wild there's i cannot even i cannot recommend it enough okay it's called the staircase all right it's going on the list for (laughs) sure (laughs) so you're with you form owl theory and this is an independent outside of institution yes like improv team yeah so before you finish like 401 while you've got this team in are you did you do any shows or do you guys just practicing for the time being um i think pretty quickly we tried to start doing shows like pretty quickly on yeah so what does that look like is there because okay comedy right there's Mm -hmm. independent comedy shows i'm guessing that there's an equivalent for improv or does like an improv team produce their own show that they are just them or is it like there's like three teams or how does that work i don't know (laughs) i've only seen like the ucb shows so all i know is like there's like three or four teams and they tell you what they don't tell you what a herald is they just say a herald came from chicago or new york (laughs) and then they do four teams so you're like i don't care (laughs) i have no idea what this means yeah yeah yeah. so independent shows how what does that look like for you guys that yes so people talk about it they talk about the indie scene Mm. of improv and it looks like a lot of things a lot of the shows are happening in bars bar basements or back of bars or um 
certain small theaters. There used to be like all these different little venues around New York. Um, I couldn't even name them all, but there's one called Brit Pack. There was one called Q Sick. Um, there, I don't know. Triple Crown is a big one. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of any of these places? No. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I love that for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so these were just like known places where people would put on shows mm-hmm. and. They and yeah, an improv show could look like a lot of things, but basically what it would amount to is like, yeah, one team is hosting it. They're mm-hmm. inviting other teams to perform. So maybe you have like three teams performing on a show mm-hmm. and they're getting like 15 minutes each. Okay. Um okay. and a show could also like have be like more variety, could have stand-ups mm-hmm. on it or characters or whatever the heck you want. Right, right, right. But okay. that's what it would look like. So it was kind of like incumbent upon you to find other people who had shows Mm -hmm. to host your own show invite teams to do your show so they invite your team to do their show there was also a lot of like um internet resources at the time so there was like um i can't even remember what these are all called but it was like improvteams.net or something oh okay so you could like go on it and like search and see a person and see all the teams they were on, see the team, see their lineups. Um, people would like post their shows on it. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And then there was um other stuff. That's surprisingly organized. Yeah. <laughs> There's some true freaks. There's some true freaks in the improv community. <laughs> and they and God bless them because yeah. they created these beautiful resources. They love for us. spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always like one on the team that loves a spreadsheet. <laughs> and God bless that person because and, and usually it is a woman. And mm. unfortunately a lot of those teams put that pressure on those people to do all the work, which was a huge problem. Um and I just want to say God bless all of the people that did all the work on those teams. It's <laughs> that's so honestly having that like online roster sounds so cool. Like stand-ups like literally people will move to New York City be like, "Hey, what shows and like produce like who should I know or whatever?" I'm like, "All right, you got you're going to have to follow 600 people on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and just play it by ear." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to join a Facebook group and you're just going to wing it until you figure out who's <laughs> there's no helping you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that would be yeah, that would be crazy. I feel like it's also just like the people you took classes with, you could yeah. like talk to and you knew and that's sort of how you started to figure things out. But it was hard. It was really hard to like break into the indie scene I found. Yeah. Like I think some people had a really easy go of it and it almost kind of depended on who you just ended up in classes with. Right. But for me, it took until like my advanced classes at UCB to start to and even like my second advanced class to get to know one person who would really start inviting me to like indie shows. And in that way, I like really started to get into it. Like my team had been performing at stuff, but yeah, it Mm -hmm. was such a like scrappy, like Mm -hmm. we'll do anything and we only know these people. Right, right. So yeah, it was like this thing of like, there was all these shows happening and it kind of took knowing someone to like, start to really learn about them right okay but the improv team's website was really nice and i believe <laughs> it's gone now rest in peace yeah rest, rest in, in peace, peace improvteams.net.com no if there's idea. any improvisers out there that love google sheets oh and, and, and css and html yes. they could use your website <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first uh non-class show like with owl theory yeah what was that like <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no idea? You don't remember? That was back in 2014. That is no, a while back. I have no idea. I have no idea. I remember 
I remember like this was not the first show, but I do remember a show that was like miserably unfunny and that the audience didn't laugh at us once for oh, no. like the whole set. Oh, no. And we knew that like it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And that was not even one of our first shows. <laughs> that was like a little <laughs> down the line. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Was that like your first like big bomb? Yeah. Or it was just definitely the biggest bomb maybe i had other bombs before then Mm. but it certainly was the bomb that like really flashpoint stuck with me yeah yeah yeah. core memory yes yes absolutely (laughs) core memory and like it's a a beautiful core memory because you're you you can only go up yeah (laughs) yeah i don't remember i think they were fun i remember having fun a lot of them were in the triple crown triple crown basement Mm. which is like you could say that to any indie improviser of a certain area, and mm. they're just gonna like have acid flashback, horrific memories of this yeah. place. <laughs> um, but we all were there and doing our improv. Um, yeah, I think it was fun. I don't mm. know. It's kind of a weird thing when you're doing improv. Sure, you experience this even in one hundred and one, but it's like you are not good. <laughs> But you, like, still have fun. Yeah, yeah. And you can, like, tell that you're not as good as, like, good people. Yes. But you still have moments in which you're like, wow, we did it. And, Mm -hmm. like, that was really fun and funny. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was not, like, walking through mud or anything like that. Yeah. It was, like, good times, fun times. Mm. But definitely, yeah, they were, like... Probably not that good. I'm sure they were not that good. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's like even when I was in 101, I was mm-hmm. watching the. There's okay. There's like, there was two weekly teams at UCB, and you, I forgot what they were called, but it was like they had like two shows. Whatever one was like the Saturday night or Sunday night Sunday night show. I fucking forgot. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, there was Ascot on Sundays. There was Harold team and oh, I guess Lloyd it was teams. Harold Harold and Lloyd. Okay, okay. okay. that's, that's like, what I was oh yeah, about. Lloyd was. On Sunday at the end. Okay, so it I went, was on Wednesday for a while, so that's what I was thinking. Okay, so I went okay. to a couple of Lloyd yes, shows, yes, 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 yes. and having never seen a, like uh-huh. improv before at this time, I joined the class not knowing what to expect, and then went to like the first Lloyd night, and they're doing the free association at oh, the beginning, yeah. and I lean over to my buddy, I'm like, <laughs> "Is this like the improv? is this supposed to be funny?" <laughs> Okay, first of all, it's called the pattern game. The pattern game, okay. <laughs> and it is absolutely miserable. <laughs> it's like a weird, it's like a weird start, especially. I feel I could feel the audience being like, Yeah. All right, what is going on? Yeah. But once it started, it's like, okay, so 60% of the improv show is like, all right, it's like we're kind of like mm-hmm. grooving here or whatever. It's like fun sometimes. But then you have that like sliver, that like forty percent, where you're like, all right, they've hit like a banger, like they've yeah. they've hit like a really good game, and it's awesome. And then yeah. you're kind of like on board, you're like, okay, this is this is worth it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I imagine it's the same with stand up. I've seen stand up before. Yeah, of course. But um, it's just like bad improv is like so horrifically bad, but yeah. good improv is incredible. And so it's like things you can't put your finger on until mm-hmm. you're like further down the line. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, that's why that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. <laughs> but yeah. And it's it's a weird thing. I Anthony and Tim and Nick told us once, he was like, oh, he's like, every time you do an improv scene, it's like you're climbing a mountain. And he's like, we're all starting at the bottom every time. I am not starting higher because I've done it longer. I just know like where to grab hold. And I have mm-hmm. like tools in my belt that like get me up there faster. And you all don't have that. 
And I think that is mm. like very true for improv. That's a great way to frame it. Yeah. Because like, it is like anyone can eat shit at yeah. any time. Anyone can do great. But mm. yeah, it's like as you, it's like, yeah, some you just slip on a thing and all of a sudden you're screwed for that whole scene or like, you know, you can't get it into it. And yeah, when you're starting out, you're just like, I don't know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Honestly, I'm going to steal that for stand up. Yeah. Tell people that. Same thing. It's <laughs> yeah. like you, you walk up on stage. Yeah. The audience wants to like you and they want to have fun and then it's up to you to set the context and like make sure that you're relatable make sure they're having fun get your material in and like do all these things but it's like when you first start you have no idea how to do any of that so you're just going up there and monologuing the crowd is like all right get off the stage (laughs) (laughs) which is why it's so crazy that they would do the pattern game Mm -hmm. because it's like the audience wants to laugh Right. And now you're standing there just like saying words, random yeah. words. Yeah. You're alienating them <laughs> right from the get go. That's so wild. Yeah. I even, I, after I went to that show, I literally had a joke about that moment. Oh, Cause I was like, yeah. they do this like at the beginning of this improv show. They're just like, I was, <laughs> my impression, it was, this is years ago, but it was like my impression of the pattern game. And like, you just mm-hmm. say a bunch of random words and then everyone at the end goes, ah, pickle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pickle. <laughs> and then they, they, they all yeah. see them. And you're like, what are you proud of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird what thing. What do y'all think you just did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very pickle. Chip. Las Vegas. <laughs> You're like, this is the start of your show? Gambling. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you you start doing, you're doing the improv. Gambles near you. Okay, Google. Stop. <laughs> 260 West 36th Street. Okay, Google, stop. New York. Okay. West 36th Street. Is that what it said? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's gambling. Time to go lose some money. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're doing your owl theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is why you're in like 301, 401, mm-hmm. kind of getting started there. Mm-hmm. So w- once you finish 401, mm-hmm. do you audition for one of the house teams at UCB? Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, once you're at the time, it kind of changed through the years. But when I was at that time, it was like... Once you're done with 401, you applied to advanced study, which basically was just like you just sent an email. You had to like write this like tiny little thing. But I think that was just, I don't know. I don't know what that was. I'm not going to even guess. (laughs) Some (laughs) sick thing going on. Uh, But you had to like write this little thing of like, what am I working on? What do I like about improv? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, I think it was just to have some barrier to entry. Gotcha. Cover letter. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then if they let you into advanced study, which mo- I think was mostly just like whether your 401 teacher thought you were capable mm. um, or if they liked you, if they were like a bad 401 teacher. But um, then you could uh, audition yeah, mm. for a house team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So d- how did your experience of that go? Did you um, – were you a house team person? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me three auditions to get onto a house team. After my second audition – so my first audition was like very much like what I should have expected and did expect. Mm-hmm. It's like rounds of auditioning. And the first round is like eight people and you do two scenes. So it's like you step out with someone, you just do a scene. And I did two scenes and one of them was like really funny. I don't know if it was like a great scene, but it was like a, it was very good and very funny. And my friend, who I didn't know, I don't think I knew her at the time, but my friend Ariel Gitlin, we did it together. It was very fun. Then the second scene I did, the person, like, 
just did not say anything and i like and not to like put the blame on them but yeah. like when that happened like i also shut down and mm. it was like miserable oh, so boy. yeah it was like fine it was like yeah it was my first one i think i was like fresh out of 401 some people like get right on the house team god bless but yeah for me it was like oh it was very expected it mm. was just like oh yeah i'll just audition and then, yeah, the second year, I was, like, very, like, ready to go, made it through, like, all three rounds, and then just, like, didn't get put on a team. So, you said second year, so what... Yeah, what, so it's once a year. Once a year? Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. So infrequent. <laughs> it's so infrequent, mm. and there would be people... God bless. Um, <laughs> I'm not religious, and I'll keep saying God bless. Is it also okay if I swear? Do whatever you okay. want. Because <laughs> I swear a lot, but I try to hold it back. People would audition like 11 times, 11 years. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. Sometimes there would be more auditions, but they were like invite only. So really, wow. you could only do it once a year pretty much. And so if you got kicked off a team, you couldn't audition until the next year. So it'd just be like a year doing nothing. And some people wouldn't even get right back on. It was wild. What? Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Isn't that so crazy? So, so and people were so committed to trying to get onto one of these teams. And it's like girl <laughs> you got one shot a year but i was one of those people too it took me three years so what, what were you doing in the three year in those gaps just like taking classes and like doing one million shows like doing indie shows okay so like doing a million indie shows i would do like 11 a week what yeah Th there's that ma that's insane Isn't that crazy yeah. that's insane yeah oh my God. there was a whole indie scene <laughs> my record for being booked is five shows in one week and <laughs> that's that, pretty good that was one week in summer 2020 <laughs> after not being booked the whole year and then it's five shows one week and i was like i'm king no yeah. more heat back to <laughs> well i don't know if you know this but we're in a pandemic yeah yeah, yeah. so there's less opportunities these days right that makes sense that yeah. makes sense back in the day there was a million opportunities so you you said taking you were doing a bunch of indie shows mm -hmm. and taking classes so yeah. are you just like i guess what i'm not familiar with like how the more advanced section mm -hmm. of ucb because i only know 101 through 401 yeah. exist is there yes. like is there other things beyond that door? Absolutely. Really? Okay. Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. This is just really funny to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like a blessing to hear someone who has like no idea about any of this. Because I feel like the people that know about it were like obsessed with it. And like yeah, yeah. so hyper-focused and know all the like ins and outs and nuances. And like there's so much like crap around mm -hmm. it. So, yeah. After when you got into advanced study... You could take advanced classes. And basically those were kind of like, they kind of varied. They would be like, kind of like electives where it's like, oh, let's work on this kind of form. Let's work on this style. Let's work on this specific muscle. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like that. It would be like, all the, I'm trying to think of the ones I did. Like, um, I did a lot of, that were like heralds. Like okay. I did like, because that's what they do there. Mm -hmm. um, so I did like heralds that were a little different i did like um <laughs> sound and movement and organic heralds um i did a class that was like bringing yourself to the scene work so really trying to like pull mm. from real life um i did uh, i can't believe i like, can't remember all this stuff we went through the pandemic but um yeah it was kind of like that where it could just be like 
anything. Okay. I'm guessing yeah. these are like, were these like reoccurring classes or were these just classes that would kind of pop up and go away for like different times? Because like these are pretty specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of them would be some. It, it depends on the teacher, right? right. So they have like all okay. these different teachers, and the teacher is kind of like, "Here's what I want to teach." And mm. then some of them, it would be like, "Yeah, that teacher is teaching that like every few months." And then some would be like, "Oh, they only taught it once." Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you you have you audition right after four hundred one. You you get on the team at your third audition. So there's two years. Mm-hmm. During that two years, you're doing these specialty classes. Do you start teaching at all, or <laughs> no. during this point, no? Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, that's very funny. Uh, uh, you wouldn't know, but to me, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but what? <laughs> oh, oh, even when I got on a house team, you're not teaching. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's like another step. It's, it's... like another thing, oh, and really? it's like okay. sort of separate from the theater a little bit the school and the theater they're they're okay. very connected but there's different people i guess kind of picking and choosing who's doing what gotcha but okay one thing that you would do well two things one is that after my second audition mm-hmm. i was invited to audition for the touring team for ucb okay. and i got onto that so i was on their i was on a team but it was like their touring team okay for the so that was like for three quarters of the year before that last audition where I finally got on the house team. That's so sick. it was like sort of like, yeah, yeah. It was blessings. Yeah. It was really nice and sort of like was like getting a foot in the door kind yeah. of thing. Uh, very awesome. And touring is awesome because you get paid for it, which does not happen a lot with improv. And, right. um, and it's fun to like go around and stuff. So where, where was your tour? It was all over the place, I think. Like, I'm trying to think of the farthest place we went. It was kind of mostly the eastern third of the U.S. Okay. Um, for the New York crew. So no L.A. visits? No, because they have a theater there. They're like, we don't need you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, we don't need you. We don't know who you are. We don't want you. Yeah. Good riddance. We went on, like, a five-day tour around Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to, like, Arkansas. I went to, like, western Kentucky, Maine. So kind of just all around. It was mostly colleges. I love that like initials Toronto makes sense. The next four, what? (laughs) I tried to think of the weirdest ones I could. (laughs) Well, in Toronto, it was like not Toronto. It was like tiny towns in Ontario. Oh, okay. That we're going to. Interesting. Interesting. Because I I, I was like, I'm sure when UCB does a tour, it's just like capital cities or like hubs. Because they don't need us. They don't want us. They have their Mm. own improv theaters. Okay. So it's, it was mostly colleges, and then mm. um, and then it would be like small performing arts centers in like small small towns. Okay, yeah, yeah. but that's were you road tripping between these, or is this like a? It would it would honestly be most of the time you'd fly out, do the show, and fly back the next day. Whoa, yeah, wild, right? That's crazy, totally crazy. Um, so they wouldn't they wouldn't like keep you and just keep no, moving you. It was like they're not. back, they're back. What? No. Not to shame anyone that worked there. Mm-hmm. Higher ups shame all day, but anyone that worked there, God bless. Um, but they did not plan or do anything in a reasonable way or a way that okay. would maximize profits. Yeah. It was all willy nilly, just like this college wants us to do a show, let's book this date. This college wants us to do a show, let's book this date. Like, yeah, there would be areas of the country we would go back to multiple times and it would just be like oh if you had 
thought about it, maybe you could have booked them all in the same place and like it could have been a tour. All I'm hearing <laughs> is that UCB responsible for global warming. Not all those carbon <laughs> oh, emissions, <laughs> those flights back carbon and forth. Footprint, huge. You're mad at uh, Joe Biden for his uh, vice presidential flights during the Obama years. <laughs> Why do you hear about the UCB touring team? <laughs> oh my god. That's inter- that's cool though. I think that's like like right before you get on the house team, like having that like experience. That's like, ooh, we're heating up. You know, that's great. Totally, that's yeah, awesome. Definitely. And then the other thing I was gonna say is that a lot of times people would, once you're like in it for a bit and you, and people like you and you're sort of well known, you would start um coaching indie teams. Mm-hmm. So that would be like you wouldn't be a teacher yet, but you could come in and like coach a team. Gotcha. Basically, just. Being like, hey, I know how to do improv. I could give you notes and run some exercises and stuff like that. So did you start doing that at all? Yeah. I forget when I started doing that, but you know, it might have been when I got on the touring team, but mm-hmm. it, it, it could have been a little before. People definitely did it without being on a house team. Okay. It was just like if you were because there was a, a lot of practice groups, a lot of right, groups. Right. And um, yeah, if you were just like sort of known and around people would mm. ask you and there was a website called improvcoaches.com <laughs> and you could go and you could be like i need a coach on tuesday and people would update their schedules and it would just like pop up and be all the photos and that website i believe still exists nice because i do think i got an email from it a few months ago and i did not <laughs> reply to that email unfortunately <laughs> um so yeah so i was doing all that stuff so when you're coaching what would be like well do you have like little pet peeves oh my god absolutely when you're coaching what were your pet peeves to see i have so many a really big one i mean i'm trying to think because a lot of them are like the ones that everyone has okay a really big one for me i'm you try to be really nice the thing about improv is like you can't be too hard on the people doing it because if they lose confidence in themselves, mm. the improv gets bad. Right, right. So it's like this weird thing where you have to like manage emotions and build people up. Mm. Um, but one thing that I always comment on is whenever anyone names a kid Billy or Timmy. Okay. Because it's just such a fucking cliche. Yeah, like, yeah. It's literally every scene you will see someone, if there's a kid in the scene, their name mm. is Billy. And it's like, shut the fuck up there's so many other names yeah there are so many other names and that is not a funny name that is just a name you associate with kids but like what why is every kid named billy that's so insane so i hate that Mm. the classic one that everyone talks about is when the um improviser makes eye contact with the coach while they're performing because they want to see if you're like laughing or not that's a really bad one yeah and i'm not alone in that um other ones are, yeah, people like not committing, people being fucking grumps, um, people not being able to take a note, you know, mm. people like talking back. That really pisses me off because it's like, yeah, we all have heard a note where we're like, I 1000% disagree with you. Mm. So you just listen to it and just take it and then right. shut up, right? Yeah. Um, other pet peeves for me. I feel like I have so many. Um, but at any point during this episode, if you think, if think of anyone, any, you okay, can just shout it, it yes, you can okay, just shout it out. Yes, just shout it out. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you're you're bouncing around. You're coaching. Yeah. You're just like coaching random teams depending on schedule, right? You're not like yeah. sticking with one. No, I mean it's not, you try to stick with one, right? And that's nice. But then like after so long, it's like probably time to move on. Although mm. some teams I stuck with for like 
over a year. Wow. But then at a certain point, you're like, I don't know, maybe y'all need fresh blood. Mm -hmm. Like, right? You need, like, someone new, new set of eyes. Or whatever. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. But I had teams where we would hire the same coach for, like, more than a year. Mm. And at certain times, I would be like, maybe we need fresh eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also nice to develop that, like, sort of relationship with a coach. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, it's kind of like uh, firing your therapist. Yeah, You fire totally. your therapist, you get a new one, you're like, oh. That's when I missed all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think absolutely. Yeah, it is a lot like that. So during this time, right, before you get on the house team, you're doing your million indie shows. Yeah. You're touring a little bit. You're doing some coaching. Mm -hmm. Does uh does Owl Theory get any steam or direction? Or are you guys just kind of doing whatever shows? You know, we're just doing whatever shows. We had, we hosted a show. But, um, you know, it was interesting because a few of us, really if i'm gonna think about it i think three of us three and a half of us and there was like seven of us mm -hmm. three and a half of us kind of like stuck with it yeah but actually a lot of us dropped off and owl theory was like their only improv they would do so they weren't like a part of the community necessarily they weren't taking classes they would just show up weekly and do this practice with us which is right. great we love them like mm -hmm. they were awesome amazing but there is a thing in the improv community that is just like, yeah, if people don't know you, you know, you're not going to be invited to shows or you're not just as well known as a team. So as a team, I think we were never well known, even mm. though a few of us were like pretty well known in the community. Because um, you have three people networking instead of seven. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so people are seeing us do shows and they're like, wait, who are these other people <laughs> that makes sense yeah that makes sense <laughs> um, uh, so i think we never got like um a lot of hype for that but at a certain point i think enough people knew about us certainly okay and, that, yeah we were there we were on the scene for a while that okay that when you put it that way it, i now understand why my weekly stand-up show sucks <laughs> <laughs> wait why no because i mean it's like it's like when uh <laughs> My weekly stand-up show, right, mm -hmm. is, like, practice for me. I do, mm -hmm. like, a couple other mics throughout the week, like, two or three mics. But yeah. the majority of my practice happens at the <laughs> weekly oh, show. Yeah. And I know tons of people, but I'm also, like, oh, like, we really got to go to, like, a lot of other places, too. Because there's there's definitely times I'll go to someone else's comedy show. Like, mm -hmm. a friend will have their comedy show. Like, oh, like, go hang out. And then their lineup is, like, I ain't never seen any of these people. <laughs> yeah. But it makes yeah. sense. It's interesting. I, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing of, like trying to know people and network in that way mm. where it is it is really helpful because it gets you more stage time more stage opportunities and yeah it's i mean it's so sick what we do but it's <laughs> like there is something about just being a known quantity right right so like yeah it is helpful mm -hmm. um it's sick so <laughs> sick. yeah there's it's always a problem where it's like yeah i, I want to make more friends and know more people in the back of your mind you're like i also am networking and there's opportunity maybe and it's like i gotta shut that part up and yeah. just be cool hanging out yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so your third audition for the house team uh -huh. how does that go it went well <laughs> honestly my second one went really well mm -hmm. and you know I could give, I could I could imagine why I didn't get it on, but who knows? I think also it's they have so few slots and there's mm -hmm. so many talented people. But um, so my second one went really well. My third one probably like wasn't even as good as my second one, but I think at that point it was it was good. Yeah. 
it wasn't bad at all. It was very good, um, or like good enough, um, I should say. And and then because of being known, I think it was easier to just be like, we'll put this person on. It was a weird thing where I think like they sometimes like if you're unknown, it's really easy to like sort of like blow them away, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, wow, you like gotta have this person. They're like did so well. Yeah, uh, but also I think if you're well known and and like are very solid it's kind of like well yeah why not like why not yeah. put this person on okay so there's good things and bad things about being known when it comes mm-hmm. to that audition because people are seeing you they've seen you be bad and they've seen you now try to improve so it's like you have you have to reinstate that reputation of your skill with them yeah yeah or like yeah if you if you are known to be good and you mm. kind of like even fuck up a little bit they're yeah. like oh they're not ready yeah they're under pressure they're like fucking up that makes sense that makes yeah sense. but if you're known and can like pull it off you don't have to necessarily maybe like blow them away mm. as long as you like hit all the right things they'll be like yeah we know they're good under pressure they did everything mm-hmm why not? <laughs> so I think it was maybe kind of like that. To be honest, I don't fully remember my third audition as much. I can mm-hmm. remember one scene from it, and I was panicked the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as an improviser, I'm very good at um, not showing my panic. Which that's I good. Is, yeah, that's important. Excellent skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Projecting confidence. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now, just at my 101, like, end of class show, mm-hmm. just when a scene ends and everyone stands on the wall, I am like, why is the adrenaline so high waiting for someone to fucking come out and say something stupid? Just yeah. like, please, just someone come and just be like, I'm an astronaut. You know, just, yeah. God. <laughs> so much panic. It is really wild. It's really wild how much pressure people put on themselves. So much. And mm-hmm. how, like, how bad that makes the improv. <laughs> yeah. It's like that thing is active it's like you're so worried about wrecking the improv but what you're doing right now is actually the only thing that is wrecking the improv yep yep (laughs) that sucks (laughs) Uh, i'd say like a lot of my worst bombs at stand-up i can tell before i get on stage if i'm gonna bomb oh wow it's like Mm -hmm. it's like i can tell i'm gonna do well i can tell i'm gonna bomb and sometimes when i'd like bomb it's just like okay, I know I have no way that I'm going to connect with this audience seeing how the show has gone before. Mm-hmm. And I like I feel like a certain nerve in me that I'm like, uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> so do you feel like a little bit of that is like self-fulfilling prophecy? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. But there's also some of it where it's like, you I just know. I know what it feels like before I go up and I'm going to crush. Like yeah. there's like a, there's like a fuck, there's like a little like voice. It's like, you got this one. Like, <laughs> Like if they're, these crowd members are gonna feel it, these ones not so much. But you can get those people in the back. Like I, I don't know. It's like it's a weird, so ambiguous thing. But yeah, I feel like um both forms of comedy. Mm-hmm. I almost said art forms. Glad I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> both. Forms. We would cut that from the episode <laughs> yeah. if you did. <laughs> Just bleep it. Both forms of comedy. You really do have to take into account working with the audience. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've never experienced what you just said, which is being like, oh, I can feel the crowd. You can know when a crowd is like hyped. Right, right. Or when a crowd is dead. But I don't think I've ever been able to be like, I'll get them. And them? No way. Well, I feel like I've never seen a heckler at an improv show. I don't know if that happens even. They're definitely people who are like drunk who will like shout things. Okay. But they're not like, 
gonna heckle you. Okay, because sometimes what all it is to, to like tip off me, right, is mm-hmm. like let's there's two or three comedians before me, mm-hmm. and I, like they ask an audience member something. That audience member me has like a a thing that's like funny, or they're from a place that I recognize, or something. They say something back to the comedian, or. You have a heckler over here who like means well but doesn't know any better, but is like giving you some like yeah. positive energy, That's but like it's weird. <laughs> it's it's once you figure it out, it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. But like you can tell like based on what jokes people have laughed at or what crowd work they've reacted to, you're like, okay, I think these are my people. This mm. is probably not my person, and them I'm just gonna have to keep an eye on. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's, yeah, that's nice. It's like an intangible thing, but yeah, also yeah, like yeah. improv. You reach out to the crowd when you're like, "Can we get a suggestion?" Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't really do much yeah, in there. You don't totally. break that barrier. Yeah, and also I think in improv, I think audience getting the audience on your side is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I think you also actively try to work against that. You try mm-hmm. to like not cater your scene work to the audience. You try to like make yourself laugh or make like your scene partner laugh. Okay. So yeah, there's less there is less of that engagement than with stand up. That's a cool way to think about it. Is mm-hmm. like it's almost like pretend the audience isn't there and let's yeah. try to make ourselves laugh. Yeah, totally. I like it, that. Yeah, it's nice. It's always nice to like see what the audience is into. But yeah. yeah, there's like that's a big pitfall is to like if someone's laughing, then to like go after that laugh. It's right, like, right. Because that'll fuck up the scene work. Mm. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. So when you get on the the house team, right, That were you on a Herald or a Lloyd? Team? So I was on a Lloyd. Most Mostly the way it worked was that you would get on a Lloyd team and then eventually, or not eventually, but sometimes you would get bumped up to the Herald team. Okay, so it's a tier system. Yes, okay. and then you could get bumped up to the weekend team, which is where I ended when the whole thing shut down. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so on your Lloyd team, you're... What was your team on the what was your Lloyd team? My Lloyd team was called Judy Big Mouth. Okay. Yeah. And it was um fun. It was really wild. Um and it was tough. Like uh yeah, Lloyd is like kind of a crazy thing because it's like all the newbies getting on. You're mm. you're have to do that pattern game here old, do that yeah. stupid pattern game. And um yeah, it was kind of like we did our first show and it's like the crowd is so hyped that it's like can only go down from there and certainly <laughs> it did oh my so gosh. we we had like pretty good success we were like good um did, enough was yeah. there like a, a difference between like the energy of the show versus your typical owl theory shows or your touring shows yeah i think the herald itself is like a structure it's a form mm. brought to new york by the ucb <laughs> but um <laughs> it's uh it is a very like strict form right and so like owl theory for a while I was doing mono scenes meaning we were just doing one big scene it was like a little one act play it was just people coming in and out playing characters mm-hmm. and stuff um but other than that we would be doing just shows where it's like you're just doing whatever. You're doing whatever you want. If a if scene sucks, you fucking end it or you fucking like throw a monkey wrench into it. Mm-hmm. On Torco, it was a similar thing. We were like um, interviewing an audience member, interviewing the school, and then just like doing whatever the heck we wanted. Mm-hmm. But when you're on the house team at UCB, you're doing this like very strict form called the Herald, which um, requires you to do what's called first beats and second beats. Mm-hmm. You're a little familiar. So you have to like do three scenes 
and each scene is meant to have one funny thing about it and then you're meant to take that funny thing isolated and do it again in a later scene but different mm-hmm. so it's very like you're not free to just do whatever you want right it's like you have to do this very strict thing it puts a lot of people in their heads mm-hmm. they're in their heads for other reasons because you can get cut you're getting notes from the ad you want to get moved up to herald night so there's a lot of stress there's a lot of playing in your head and you're doing this form that is like not that easy mm-hmm. to accomplish well because you're you're doing what you're normally doing and worrying about it but you also have to keep in mind how am i going to implement this in yes. four more minutes from now and yeah come yeah, back yeah. At it. Mm-hmm. totally yeah and even when you're doing the scene you know if i'm doing a scene with al theory or whatever i can literally do whatever i want mm-hmm. like i try to attend to the rules of like playing relationships and emotion and committing and listening and yes anding but i can make as many weird and funny things happen as i want mm-hmm. but in this kind of show it's like once we found that one funny thing i gotta keep making that happen mm-hmm. which is just like limiting it's limiting yeah, it's limiting. yeah. And it's like really not fun i don't know like you've probably mm-hmm. seen i was in a lot of heralds okay. uh, and you saw at least one show and um i saw two Okay, I saw nice. the class requirement. <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh, like what you said. It's like that mm-hmm. 60% is yeah. like, kind of sucks. It's mm-hmm. like boring. It's not good. You see people like working really hard on stage, which mm-hmm. is like that sucks to watch. I don't want to watch that. So it was tough. But at the same time, you know, for better or for worse, you're kind of like a tiny little rock star at the mm-hmm. theater. So you have this show that usually sells out because it's a bunch of students going to see it. Right. And so you have this big ass crowd and they're like hyped and they're hyped for you. Even if they're not always like, like going crazy for you they're at least they want you to succeed. They're those crowds, like especially when I was like in the class and we're mm-hmm. going like the, the amount of shows we had to go to. Right. And just looking around and being like, these are all, people who really want to do this yeah right yes. and so it's like these people are like nuts i'm like i've never yes. seen like <laughs> the the hell's kitchen theater i went to a show there i forgot what it was and i just remember looking around being like i've never seen a stand-up crowd like be this eager to watch comedy oh like, yeah these students they're are nuts. like oh. they're absolutely nuts it's absolute madness like People talk about it like as a cult. And I think in that sort of way, it was a little bit. There was like a mania mm. around the <laughs> yeah. product, around the improv of it all. So, yeah, like that. So in that way, it was also really like fun and good. And you mm. get like this weekly show with like a huge crowd and you're on a team. So it, it was a lot of fun. So it was a lot of fun, but it was also like really hard work and stressful. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So. I, what I thought was interesting about those teams is you didn't pick who you were on the team with. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of got stuck with people. Oh, yeah. So you're like mm-hmm. learning new dynamics <laughs> and stuff, right? You're not, it's not like, oh, I've been practicing with these people for like two years or something. It's like, oh, yeah. no, I'm meeting you all for the first time. Now I got to figure out your humor styles, right? Totally. And sometimes they're very incompatible. Yeah. I think I was like, I knew a lot of people in the scene. Um, and I fortunately got put on a team with a lot of people I knew um mm-hmm. which was like really nice um someone from owl theory was on the team with me nice yeah who was so, the owl uh rachel tansler okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that, did you just ask who's the owl i said yeah, i said it i said it was the owl oh, it was yeah. the owl. Yeah, yeah yeah they said 
Who was the owl? <laughs> if anyone like, names uh, the kid in the scene Billy or Timmy, the owl will rip their face yeah, off. Oh my god, I will come into that scene. <laughs> knock him out. Uh, don't you ever call my son Billy again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His name is Brenda. Um, but yeah, so they were, uh, Rachel was on a team with me. Uh, my good friend Kelsey McLaughlin was on a team with me. Um, uh my other friend John Wan was on a team with me. So it's like all these people. I mean, and Brandon Tarzis, uh, Sarah Feinstein. There's all these people I knew, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the only person I hadn't met ever before was um, someone named Ashley England, who was really funny, really mm-hmm. funny performer. So in that way, it was like a blessing. But it was like what you're saying, where it's just like you are placed on a team. Mm-hmm. And like some of the styles are crazy. Some, you know, stylistic choices can be so varying in improv and mm-hmm. the way people like to play and the kinds of moves they make and the kind of scenes they like to do can be just like so different mm-hmm. and i think we all were pretty different in a lot of ways I think yeah there were some similarities but it was very different so it was like tough i just remember being in a lot of shows a lot of shows were really great Frank Morasco. I think that's the only person I didn't name so i just want to name him <laughs> okay hilarious <laughs> hilarious person hilarious improviser um and he was also a friend before we got put on the team so um it was like uh the shows were fun but it was like like walking through mud a lot where Mm. you were just like trying to like like pull on people to like get them to do things Mm. which is like not how you should be doing improv so that was a problem that i had yeah like trying to just be like let's do this damn thing and mm. like we're all kind of going in every which direction so. right oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so when you get on the get on the herald team do they get do you are you just like you're on next week at the show or do you have like some time to like practice and adjust these people yeah you're on like next week at the show yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like truly trial by fire yeah so you're going to that first show being like they could cut me like today yeah, right. but they wouldn't. Okay. They it take they usually only cut people once a year. So okay. They, they'll give you the full year. I think there maybe they have, have been, to make room for auditions. Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. I think there <laughs> there could have possibly been a time where they cut someone at six months, but I doubt that ever happened. I think yeah. they would at least give you at least a year, mm-hmm. and then maybe you get more than that. But um, I think the the first show is always the best one because yeah. the audience is so hyped. Okay. And everyone's just kind of like having fun Mm. yeah but then it is like real sort of uh in the weeds like going through it It yeah it's tough so (laughs) how how long were you on the the house team so i was on lloyd for one year Mm -hmm. and then harold for another year and then harold for one more half of a year so two and a half years lloyd harold and then i was on the weekend team for about a half a year mm-hmm. and then that's when the theater shut down so so what is that three the, three years that's pretty long so what is the weekend team is it the same format but just like no, different so, time so the weekend team thankfully you are freed from the herald you Whoa. no longer have to do the herald oh my so gosh. it's a real blessing <laughs> um and you know i don't want to get into all the nitty-gritty details of ucb but it was like the it was like the end point of the house team system. Like it was just mm. like, this is like, you know, quote unquote, the best of the improvisers that the theater mm. has to offer. It's not obviously 
it doesn't work out that way. Like there's realities to be involved with these things, but mm. that was kind of what it was like. So you got put on the weekend, you're performing on the weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And um, you are now performing for mostly non-student audiences. Cool. And you get to do a full ass show. So before you were doing like 30 minutes, mm. now your team is doing like a full hour. Wow. And you're free to do whatever you want, whatever the team wants you to do. Nice. Yeah. So I'm sure that was just like a really good like after what? Like what yeah, would that like be two and like a half years almost like since you started? <laughs> it's almost like mm. what, four or five years of doing improv before you finally get to the do what you want phase <laughs> yeah i mean yeah 2013 and then i think probably it was like 2019 okay when i got on the weekend wow yeah because like it was right years. before the pandemic yeah yeah six years yeah that's crazy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can talk to people and i would disagree with them but that I, I think sometimes people would think about me as being someone who like zoomed through it really yeah well, some Whoa. people take a lot longer but oh some people gosh. take less time for sure mm -hmm. um so yeah, but that's what it's like, right? It's yeah. crazy. So the six years to climb to the top of <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was one of the lucky ones that got paid to do touring gigs. Yeah, yeah. Uh other people are climbing to the top of that and not receiving one cent. <laughs> yeah, geez. But, but it's not about that. It's like right, it's for the fun, it's for yeah. like being in the community totally. and like Doing the thing you yeah, like, you know, totally. in a way that gets you, it's like reputable in a way, reputable. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, reputable, people are like, yeah. oh, this is like the weekend team. This is like the best one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, like being, I think the one thing that was really nice about UCB was that whenever you were on a house team, you always were pretty much guaranteed a pretty big audience. Yeah. Like there was mm -hmm. it, the, the smallest audience ever was like, I don't know. It's like seventy people or something. seventy. Yeah, Jeez, right? dude! I performed to two people last week. <laughs> oh, I performed to two people to zero people. I mean, I would do shows at UCB where we'd perform to like four people, mm -hmm. but those weren't like the house team shows. Those would right. be like the random ass shows. Okay. And when you're doing an indie improv show, baby, you're only performing for the other teams. <laughs> There's not one single audience member there, but the teams are so big. Yeah, yeah, like 16 people performing. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that works. That yeah, works. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So we get the pandemic hits, right? Mm. UCB like completely shuts down. Yes. I don't, I, I didn't hear anything for like a full two years. And then someone was like, I'm doing online classes there. I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> uh, the, so like, I guess, what was your involvement in improv like after the pandemic? What have, what kind of like took shape for you there? Yeah, so like I said, we, my friend Fu and I took our real life show and we started doing it on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So the telephone show, um, we did it like every week for the first year. Mm -hmm. And um, we, that was it for performance because you couldn't really do anything right. else. How and many, how many people were on that team? Was it just like you two? Or? So it was just, that's it. It was just a show, right? Okay. So that show, we were the hosts and okay. then you'd invite people to do it. So then it would be like three teams performing in, you know, roughly 18 to 24 people or something like that. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. And it was just like a fuck around show. Right. Just like have fun and like do improv and whatever. Um, and then, 
I would coach a bit, and I also teach um, NYU at NYU. Oh, really? I teach, like improv there. Whoa! Yeah, 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 yeah. How long have you been doing that? So I've been doing that. I think now for three years. Okay, so like so a like little... one year before the pandemic. I okay, think is like kind of when I started. So, <laughs> yeah. Then we um, never stopped. <laughs> so that went online. Okay, yeah. And then it came back into person in last March. So not this March, but Vaccine March. March. Vaccine March. Yeah, 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 vaccine March. (laughs) And it's been masked like the whole time. Okay. So you so you guys got back to having like an in person Mm -hmm. improv thing. What 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 is that called? That show you do? Wait, sorry. So the show is not in person. I'm just talking about NYU. Oh, NYU. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. NYU, I've been teaching in person since last March. Okay. The show that we do, the telephone show, we're trying to find a venue right now to bring it back. Okay. We keep trying to bring it back and (laughs) new waves come of COVID. (laughs) So we're like, you know, it's kind of... Improv is like a little different than stand up, also, where it's like, I mean, at this point, I don't know. I don't know what your audiences are like. They're probably unmasked, right? Or like yeah, a lot yeah, of them. Fully. Yeah. Which is wild. I don't know. I like just got COVID like a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm fully good now. But all good. Like, all good. Yeah, I like just got it a few weeks ago. So I'm like, it's wild to see so many people still unmasked. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are unmasked. Yeah. But anyway, um, with improv, it just felt like different and weird because it's like eight people like screaming into each other's mouths on stage <laughs> yeah, rather than like yeah. one person at a mic and everyone else can be like masked and like right. distant. Let so, me tell you, that one mic, that's yeah. the harbinger of death. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that one microphone, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have like have to like put something on it? Oh, you bet. You bet. <laughs> 2020 and 2021, oh, yeah. like we my, my girlfriend and i ran a very successful open mic starting in june 2020 on mm-hmm. our rooftop mm-hmm. and that's when like when we we were one of the first out like mics to that like opened to people mm-hmm. after the shutdown and we had a rule that was like if you're not performing or you're not actively drinking like try to have your mask on mm-hmm. and like we my girlfriend had comedians dming her like you are putting people in danger all this shit and so like literally we had a can of wipes on the stool we'd wipe the mic between every performer and like we would take pictures of people and make sure to include the can of wipes (laughs) so that like yes everyone can see we were cleaning it we were cleaning it (laughs) yeah we like lots of venues would do the mic condoms terrible name yeah yeah, just call it a cover but we all call it condom (laughs) condom. yeah (laughs) so that's a good improv name Oh, hi, hi, I'm Mike Condom. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was like a lot of that there, uh, but most I'd say like my weekly show, like I could get off the train, take my mask off, walk into that bar. Mm-hmm. No one in that bar has a mask mm-hmm. on. I go on stage. No one like it. Mm-hmm. It, it would be weird to wear a mask. In yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, that's how it so. is now. It's really wild, kind of. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're trying to bring that show back, but mm. right now, so that's we've been stymied in the past because of the waves. But now we're right. trying to bring it back, and we just don't have a venue. And right, we're reaching out to places, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I have some suggestions that we can talk after. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> don't don't let them know. Don't let them know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the squirrel. Mm-hmm. When does this start? So that is like probably in the summer of of twenty. Oh my god! Wait, COVID happened in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. We got vaccines <laughs> in twenty twenty one. Okay, so I think it's summer of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. People, um, Corinne Wells, who also is one of the co founders. There's six of us. Um, she reached out to me to be like, "Would you have any interest in this?" Because UCB shutting down and 
just trying to like fill that void right um so like in that summer we started getting together to like talk about it and plan for it and all that stuff and then yeah we launched in like um i think december i think maybe in november we announced it like around thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and then um yeah in december we like started online classes Mm -hmm. and doing online shows like um what is it called? Yard stream or something? I don't know. There was it wasn't Zoom, but it was some kind of like Zoom like thing that we okay. would like stream shows with mm-hmm. onto like YouTube and Twitch. Gotcha. And so we were doing a bunch of shows that way. And it's um not just improv, it's like UCB, so it's like sketch and mm-hmm. characters. Not really stand-up. I think we've done like one or two stand-up things. Um so yeah, that started in 2020 December, and then in like June we went live mm-hmm. uh, at a place called Caveat. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we did that until like September, and then now we're at a theater called Under St. Marks. Oh yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, yeah, I do. <laughs> One of those basements. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> very tiny. See yeah, a lot yeah, of great yeah. stuff there. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, and we have classes in person. We've been having classes in person since probably vaccine March. Okay. <laughs> I can't really recall <laughs> when that started. But so, yeah, we have classes. We have shows. Um, so yeah. a question about it. So the premise is just an improv school, right? And sketch and characters. Okay, so yeah, it's the And whole even thing. like, I guess there is a stand-up class, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the whole thing. So was there any difference in like core philosophy in how you guys are running the squirrel versus how UCB was run? Did you have anything that you wanted to do that UCB wasn't doing or Yeah, I mean, oh for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thing. I think one thing is like I think one really big thing is like um not trying to just like have diversity be a priority but to have it be like a fundamental component Mm. of everything that we do Mm -hmm. so starting with um having like uh uh the co-founders being like a very diverse group um and to like always just have that be something that is like not that we're aiming for attempting to do but that is like from the ground up coming Mm. through in every single way yeah um which i think is really important to all of us Uh, i think that's like one of the big ones i think another big one is like paying performers was like something yo yeah i mean (laughs) they don't get paid that much (laughs) we try yeah i mean the more they sell tickets the more they get paid but (laughs) yeah but it's nice it's nice it's Mm -hmm. really nice to like i yeah we get paid for our shows and like it's really fun to pay a performer and have them be like shocked i know that's so funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also there was uh people who waited 11 years to get onto a show to not get paid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for real uh and who were very happy to do it unpaid um so it's very nice mm-hmm. so those are like two of the big like um structural kind of things and then i think uh, in terms of like philosophy i think um I think that depends on who I think I think something for us is that it's a more it's more open comedy philosophically maybe than UCB was. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think UCB was trying to do stuff with that. The teachers at UCB were trying to do stuff with that. But they were certainly very like dogmatic with like their game stuff. Right. But we also do game and like Mm -hmm. and like kind of teach that philosophy. But 
I think what we're trying to do, and I think what we are doing, I mean, I'm a teacher there and I'm certainly doing this, is like having it really coming from the teachers and like having the having the philosophy and the work coming from the teachers rather than just like a curriculum where it's like I'm checking the boxes on this curriculum. Gotcha. Okay. I think that was a problem at UCB was like they they expanded so much and they had to. I mean, they Mm. didn't have to, but they did or they wanted to and Mm. it's good that they did uh to a certain extent and um but at a certain point with the teachers in the school and the classes i think it was very just like okay there's a curriculum let's do the curriculum and i think a lot of the teachers a lot of amazing teachers at that school at ucb were bringing themselves to it and cared a lot about it so that's really great but i do think it in other cases it became just like yeah this like flat ass curriculum yeah yeah <laughs> like let's just hit the fundamentals and not try to like yeah spice like, it up and yeah make it interesting yeah yeah and like that's uh and i think you know i think ucb has like a really strong way of approaching improv and a strong way of approaching comedic improv acting mm. but they also have a lot of weaknesses mm. and like you could see that in the shows and how sort of like boring and flat they would become. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was very like robotic, mm. like find the unusual thing, hit it three times, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they would teach that cause that's what they wanted. And that was like the thing. Mm. So I think we're pushing a little away from that. Gotcha. Going for a more open format, more organic. Yeah. At nice. least I certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Book game is good. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a it's a strong way to think about mm-hmm. comedic premises as you're on your feet making them. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So how do you like uh, like teaching now at the Squirrel compared to your coaching gigs for practice teams? Well, I did teach one or two classes at UCB before it shut down. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so did you teach it all? And you laughed at me? <laughs> well, just because the timing of it. The oh, timing okay. of it. Yeah, timing yeah. Of it. I got, because I, yeah, I think, oh, I don't know. I might have been on Herald when I started teaching, but I was like, yeah, deep into it. Um, mm-hmm. When I was even asked to like audition to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I like teaching a lot and teaching versus, and I coach still a lot. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't know. I you could ask you could ask the people I coach. I think I think people <laughs> like me. I think uh, I like teaching. I like coaching, and I like um, coming to people to coming to people where they're at. And right, I think I've right. been told that before, and I believe people when they say it to me that I am very open to helping people figure out what their comedic voices and what their strengths are and mm-hmm. trying to like push that and i think that's really rewarding i also think it's really nice to like i'm i'm such a, like a comedy nerd a improv comedy nerd that i love to like wax philosophical about improv and like theory and stuff and i mm-hmm. think i talk too much maybe <laughs> i've definitely have been told that before as a coach too is that i give too many notes um, or talk too much <laughs> which is a real problem <laughs> but like i love to talk um so yeah i enjoy it i i love to perform though so mm-hmm. right now in my like career as an improviser i'm teaching and coaching a lot more than i'm performing Mm. whereas in the olden days right at the end it was maybe like a mixed thing where it was like i'm teaching a lot and performing a lot 
but in the old days it was like yeah just performing so so much mm -hmm. so now it's like totally flipped and i um think it's a real bummer mm -hmm. so i enjoy teaching and coaching but it's not i would rather perform obviously okay. yeah i think most sense. people would say that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so d because you're teaching at like squirrel do you guys have house teams no and uh, you know not to get into it but i feel like some people at squirrel are very much like at a certain point we'll have to have house teams or like mm. we should have house teams right and i think that there are like many good reasons why you would want to have house teams mm. i know a lot of people who um didn't really have opportunities to be on teams except for house teams and they're brilliant performers so i'm like oh yeah it's nice to make the opportunities for people but my personal opinion is that I do not want a house team system. Because it creates kind of like a tension and animosity within the school. Totally, totally. Okay. It also creates, a uh, which can be helpful sometimes, it creates a like um, a sort of myopic, is that the right word? It creates like a myopic like vision of like the path. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. Like I think so many people at UCB were so obsessed with getting on a house team or staying on a house team or moving up the house right. team ladder that you could watch like all the joy of improv like drain from their bodies mm. like over the years yeah. until you were just like watching a like husk of a person <laughs> standing going pickle <laughs> chip. You're just like, dear God, like no one is forcing you to do this. Yeah, like step yeah. away, step away um right so i think it's more unhealthy than it is healthy that i that's a really i think that's a very fair assessment yeah like, and especially because ucb with their house team system like you made it to the end but that house team system is so deep that it can oh keep God. you in there for a long time focusing oh, yeah. on that you know oh absolutely so i'm guessing with the squirrel that you guys are promoting that people be indie teams or like form their own stuff yeah you know i mean we're kind of really starting out we have mm. we have a great student base and i've met so many wonderful students a lot of them are from ucb and a lot of them are have just moved to new york like mm. in the pandemic uh and um it's really awesome and i think we're trying to create more opportunities for them but certainly like our kind of like levels um in our third level it's about like being on a team and i think what we're trying to push now is like at the end of it being like you should be on a team mm -hmm. and you create that yourself yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like the nice thing is like the nice thing about ucb was like it introduced me to so many people and i got to mm -hmm. work with so many people it also gave me a lot of other things but the really nice thing was like it was like a space where community could be held. Right, right. So I think that's what's important to us at Squirrel is like creating a space where it's like, yeah, you can come take a class and meet some friends mm -hmm. and like also learn this skill. But you should know that like it's up to you to create those opportunities for yourself and mm -hmm. not to like wait for Squirrel to hand them to you in the same right. way that it's like the people that just waited for you to be to hand opportunities to them it like ended up being sad for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It was like, you have to create your own opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we saw time and time again that the people who created their own opportunities outside of UCB are much more successful than the people who waited around for UCB or even the people who got stuff from UCB, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's all about creating your own opportunities. And I hope that all the students understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I like, I think there's something similar with like stand up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're truly like a crusher and you're in high demand and you become like a booked book, booked club comedian, mm-hmm. right? You can make something out of that pretty well. A lot of the people just book their own tours, book their own shows, make produce their own stuff, like DM people. Like, there's not a lot of people handing you opportunity. If someone hands you an opportunity, it's like, oh my God, thank you mm-hmm. for handing this. But a lot <laughs> of it is like, you got to go and make it. Cause yeah. Everyone else is trying to get theirs too. So, totally. yeah, I think that's great. I think, yeah, I think um, there's so many differences between stand up and improv mm-hmm. in terms of like the, the industry of it all. But I do think that's something where stand ups are just much more successful mm-hmm. at creating their own opportunities and sort right. of like um, grinding it out and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, going after it. Yeah. Whereas, like, <laughs> I think a lot of improvisers got really soft sort of being um in this system Mm. and being like there's a very clear path once a year i get to audition (laughs) once a year i get to go into this little room and try and maybe they say yes maybe they say no um and i won't ever do anything for myself (laughs) right and especially i think like a lot of people also coming into that world from a non non-enterprising background right like it's just Mm -hmm. for some people it starts as a hobby and then that just becomes like oh i do improv at Mm -hmm. ucb that's like my after work hobby relaxed thing it's not like it's not like oh i've like gone out and i've like networked on my own and then i'm trying to combine these two worlds and like get out of this like use the skills here apply them over here it's like Mm -hmm. no that's the thing over there right it's separate yeah you gotta gotta merge them yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, or if it's just a hobby, it's like that's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, it could just be a hobby. Yeah, but yeah, you saw so many people that were just like, just so unhappy, just trying like banging their head against the system. <laughs> no, I oh, I could never. <laughs> I have like. I have like really bad authority issues. So like, <laughs> so like UCB was like yeah. I took took one on one. I was like, wow, it is very difficult for me to do characters, like mm-hmm. so hard. But I do enjoy this a little bit. I'll yeah. come back to it maybe. <laughs> but like when it, when like the kind of the curtain was pulled back on like some of like the stuff down the line where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, if you, if you get on the team, they don't pay you for the weekly show. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Like, I don't You're know. You're also paying to practice. And you have to practice. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) It was pretty bad. But, like, for me and for other people, a lot of people, I think it was, like, you kind of just did it because you loved it so much. Where it's, like, Mm. I wanted to practice, right? It wasn't, like, I can't believe they're making me practice and, like, I have to pay for it. And there certainly were people like that. And I don't, like, blame them either. Mm. But, yeah, I think there was a lot of people that were like, I'm more than happy to like pay for practice because I want to and I'll do this show for free because I want to. And they took advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. In stand up, it's like the same. It's like even like even now, like if someone pays me for a stand up show, mm-hmm. big bonus. Like it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, amazing. Yeah. And like my show is like purely run. It's like it's a free show run on donations. And we mm-hmm. tell the audience at the end of the show, it's like, guys, we have QR codes. You can donate. If you donate, we give it to all the performers equally. We will just hand out all the money you give us. Like, yeah. just <laughs> That's so nice. It feels nice to Venmo like seven people, $4 each. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You earned it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's yeah. there's been nights where like one person will donate like twenty dollars and like mm. like a group will donate like forty and then we'll have like enough like everyone gets twelve bucks. You're kidding? Yeah. <laughs> we did so well. <laughs> it's sad, but it's no, sad, but it's well, nice. God, when at, at my weekly show, we like there's like a meetup group that like meets there like that's separate from us and mm. the guy who runs that. Met us, he's like, oh, so you do this like comedy show? We're like, yeah. He's like, it's free. We're like, yeah. He's like, why is it free? It's like, you know, we're just doing this for practice and to like, get our friends on, get some stage time. He's like, so it's a hobby. It's like, no, 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 no. No, never call it a hobby. We're just the worst professionals. <laughs> we're at the bottom tier. <laughs> we can't sell our product yet. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing to sell yet. <laughs> yeah. It's so, tough. It's hard to get people to buy a ticket. Yeah, so, it's very challenging. Yeah, it's nice to have it be free. It's yeah. funny when like the people who run very successful stand-up comedy shows, everyone everyone wants to know how they do it, mm-hmm. and then when they hear how they do it, everyone's like, "Ugh, I'm not doing that." Like, <laughs> yeah. spending ad money promoting yeah. every day on Instagram, yeah. like Eventbrite. Prom- no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh. the marketing sucks so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're the artists we're not the marketers exactly <laughs> yeah. uh there's there's definitely times where i'm like i should just pay someone to like promote our show <laughs> I know, definitely so we're kind of down to our last like little bit here we've okay. gone an hour and 28 minutes it's been so cool talking oh, wow. to you <laughs> <laughs> so kind of final couple questions uh yeah. one what do you love about improv um that's a really good question i personally believe that improv i think the the funniest improv that i've seen i don't think i've ever seen anything like funnier than it like i think Mm. the funniest improv is the funniest comedy period like i think it is the funniest Mm -hmm. so i would say number one that is what i love about it it like makes me laugh like nothing else um so i love that uh and i love um i just love being wild <laughs> i had a my friend uh my not friend i mean he's beautiful love him but my co-worker so not friend <laughs> my co-worker once was like they all know i do comedy at work mm. and they he was like he was like so you do comedy and i was like yeah he's like i cannot imagine you doing comedy <laughs> Because I'm just like so at work. I'm like, I don't freaking care about any of this just shit. Just NPC mode. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so I love, and I, I'm i like a silly guy out and about. Mm. But like on stage, I can get like really crazy. I'm like insane person. So I love that. I think that's really fun. I love just like being being wild and having fun and laughing. Nice. Well, you yeah. picked the right art form. You picked the right form of, sorry, not yeah. art form, form of comedy. <laughs> yeah. You picked the right form of comedy. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's truly like, it's the funniest. I've never seen anything funnier than like the funniest improv I've seen. Hell yeah. That's yeah, yeah. that's like awesome to hear. Yeah. Have you ever taken a second question? Have you ever taken a clown class? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see, so at NYU, I always talk to the students about um, their experience with improv. And a lot of them have had clown training, clown mm-hmm. class. And they always, I would say 99% of them talk about it like um, they talk about the trauma they have from it. <laughs> yes. They're true. They're like, <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> like, it's it's so funny because I know some people have been clown. Like, I know mm-hmm. a person who's been a clown for a long time. He's very wow. good at it. And he, we went to a friend's giving at his place, this girlfriend who, who's a stand-up we're friends with. And there was a bunch of improv people and clowns there. And it's so wow. funny because the, the, when the question is like, 
we're talking about clown like because we're standing like what is this and it's like but what is clown though it's like becomes this like super deep like philosophical thing where it's like we don't know at the end of the day we don't know <laughs> none of us know we've been we've all been doing clown like a combined 40 years <laughs> no idea but i said it's like if if like improv is like facebook clown is like dark web like it's just <laughs> <laughs> i had a buddy in 101 who took the clown class and he goes he goes, dude, you would hate it. He's like, it's so much harder than improv. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much weirder. He's like, you come out there just as hyped up to do something so shameless and silly. You mm-hmm. go out there and the, the teacher is like, you bring too much yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this smackdown. <laughs> I feel like in the world of like teachers and especially in the world of like acting teachers, and I think this probably also applies to clown teachers, and I think it applies to some improv teachers. I mean, there's like a lot of charlatans out there <laughs> who are like, you are just saying bullshit. Like, you don't fucking know shit. But I did have a student say once in their clown class that they had to stay on stage in front of the whole class until somebody laughed or somebody cried. <laughs> It's like, what is this? That is insane. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful space for art to flourish. Yeah, right. <laughs> that might be an art. That might not be a comedy. Yeah, that's not a comedy form. Next question. Uh, did you watch Middle Ditch and Schwartz? Okay, so this is interesting. I've seen part of it. Okay. <laughs> I sent it to my students to watch. Yeah. And I haven't watched it. <laughs> and they'll like mention things that happen and I'm like, oh yes, that part. <laughs> but I saw like the first part of the first thing. I do you want to hear my thoughts? Yes. <laughs> Give me your hot takes. Yeah, which I've never seen it before. I think it's really cool that they did it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I think um everything we've heard about Middle Ditch, he should be canceled. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he's just a bad guy. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, canceled, whatever. But he's a bad guy, I think. Okay, anyway. I think what they did is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think um, something about improv that people talk a lot about is that it is like it can only be on stage and like mm-hmm. you can't record it. And I think that's not true. And I think it's really nice to see that they recorded this thing. And like, I would hope that down the line, like recorded improv. I mean, there's a lot of films that are improvised, like mm-hmm. fully improvised even. Uh, and a lot of other things that are fully improvised that are filmed. But um I would hope that there could be more space for that in mm. in the world of just, what, do, what do we call it? Television? Yeah. <laughs> Is that television these days? Yeah, yeah. The streaming world of mass media. Right. Because um, we're bombarded with stand-up specials and that's like the yeah. only improv special totally. I've ever, ever heard of. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, the ASCAT, they did like one little thing like years ago, but yeah, that's the only one which is like so wild to me because at UCB and like beyond, you could see talented people who are just like, I mean, insane. And there are like recorded sets that I did not see in person that mm-hmm. I watch on YouTube and I'm just like blown away by. Mm-hmm. So if they were filmed, it's like, yeah, it'd be incredible. Also, now they're like live streaming a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, we live stream. I know like there's a show called Rat Scraps, which is like the ASCAT people. They live stream. So it's becoming more of a thing to watch it on, mm. a, on a video. But so I think it's really cool, and I hope there's more of it. From what I watched, it felt very... They're obviously very talented, very funny. It felt very much like uh, they're really hamming up 
that it is improv yeah yeah Yeah. they're like really trying to be like this is all made up look at the goofy mistakes we're making right right here we go bringing that thing from the what you said about the thing into the thing (laughs) yeah yeah it's like so a little cheesy in that way but Mm -hmm. the part i saw was funny and like i think they're very talented so i like it i hope there's more of it someday maybe i'll watch it yeah I don't know. Maybe I won't because of Middleton. Yeah, right. You hope there's more of it without Middleton. Yeah. <laughs> there is a. Have you ever heard of TJ and Dave? Mm-mm. They're like the only other like famous improv duo. Mm. Um, they are from Chicago, and mm. they. I'm probably gonna say this wrong. They do like the Sonic commercials, or maybe only one of them does the Sonic commercials. You know, okay. Sonic commercials. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah. two guys. That might just be one of them. Mm. I sh- I should know, but I don't. Anyway. They come to New York all the time. They travel around and they do shows and they are just like, it's like theater, but like hilarious, like yeah, comedic yeah. improv, but just theater. They like go out on stage. They do a thing called heat and wait where they just mm-hmm. like look at each other and then just start going. So they don't like interview the audience and like make it a whole hammy thing. Um, And it's like, why don't they have a special? Right, right. It would be so easy to make that. That'd be dope. They could also, they literally, you could literally film a show every night of the year and they would give you a different show and they're all good. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's, an, <laughs> it's a never ending stream of content from these improvisers' minds. That's true. Why aren't we taking advantage of it? That's true. Yeah. Maybe the squirrel need, needs a house uh, Netflix special too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I can get behind that. <laughs> awesome. So uh, final final thing here. Mm-hmm. Why should people take a class at the squirrel for the listeners? For the listeners? Uh, well, you can buy friends. <laughs> <laughs> we all want friends. Pay to get some friends. No, I don't know. It's fun. I think it's really fun. I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I love, I took classes. I took classes. I want to take another class. I should sign up for one. But um, I took classes even when I was like a teacher at UCB or on the mm-hmm. weekend team. Like I took classes because I love it. I think it's really fun. Uh, it's nice to like work on something. It's just fun. If you have fun, do it. If you don't have fun doing, if you don't have fun doing improv, don't do it. Don't sign up for a class and don't push yourself to do it. Only do it if you have fun. But try it out. Buy some friends. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, where can the people follow you and follow the squirrel? Okay. Good question. Oh, my God. I really should know this. <laughs> the squirrel, I believe, is at the squirrel NYC. Okay. On Twitter and on Instagram. Okay. Um, and it's the squirrel NYC.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Instagram and Twitter would be the main places to follow us. I think we're on Facebook also. I'm not on Facebook anymore me you know you can do whatever my twitter is at dookie but it's d-o-o underscore (laughs) k-e-e my instagram is at let's get some more crazy from here my instagram is at padude 2.0 so that is (laughs) p-a-d-0-0-d 2.0 2.0 nice yeah and that's guys all those links all those links will be in the episode description oh, thank god <laughs> patrick thank you so much for coming on this was Excellent. so great thank talking you. to you thank you for having me that's it for this week's episode listeners uh so good so much fun to have you on seriously this is great 
Anyway, that's it for our episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.